All right. Thanks, everybody, for coming. I hope uh, reInvent's going really well for you so far. I know I'm having a great time. And uh, we're here today to talk about broadcasting sporting events. Um, and uh, <clears throat> just a little introduction to myself. I'm Greg Truax. Uh, I'm the product owner at AWS Elemental for our live encoding services. That's both our on-prem and our cloud business for uh, live transcoding. And <clears throat> I'm really excited to be joined today by uh, two of AWS Elemental's close partners, um, Andrew Blakey, from the development manager from Television New Zealand, and Raphael Goldwasser, uh, TV, uh, the lead architect for uh, France Television. They're going to go through uh, some of their use cases of, of live streaming events, but first I want to spend a little bit of time talking about um, what it really means to, uh, to stream live sports. Uh, starting off, <clears throat> this is a chart of the most watched U.S. primetime telecasts of last year. Uh, interesting thing to note here, uh, 17 of the top 20 telecasts in the United States last year were live events. 14 of those events were sporting events. This reflects a really important shift in the way people consume television. Uh, <clears throat> things that are pre-recorded, video on demand, viewers are watching at their own leisure. They're not watching it all at the same time. Uh, the things that really get large audiences together and the things that really uh, push large advertising dollars and get people talking are live events. And sports are far and away the most dominant form of live event that people consume on television. Now, uh, <coughs> 2018 is even a bigger deal for live streaming sports. Uh, 2017 was sort of a standard year. 2018 had a lot of big events. We started off in February uh, with the Winter Olympics in Pyeongchang, South Korea. AWS Elemental worked with a partner there representing some of the major broadcasters in Korea. We were able to spin up 20 extra channels of content for, uh, for the two weeks during the Olympics. <coughs> um, then in April, the Commonwealth Games. The Commonwealth Games is a, a sporting event that happens every four years. 71 countries compete in it. This year it was in Australia, and Andrew's going to talk about how Television New Zealand was able to uh, use internet streaming to really boost their audience experience. And then, of course, in the summer, June and July, the FIFA World Cup. This is one of the biggest sporting events in the world. Um, an estimated 3.4 billion people tuned in to uh, at least some of the World Cup. AWS Elemental helped partners all over the world stream every match, anywhere from uh, mobile streaming applications all the way up to 4K HDR streams for, uh, for all their users. <coughs> Then in July, um, the Tour de France, this is a, uh, an event that happens every year, but as Raphael's gonna, gonna tell us, uh, viewers in France got a big upgrade on their, uh, their over-the-top streaming experience this year. And then in September, um, the Cricket Asia Cup, this is a tournament that happens every two years with uh, six nations in Asia who play, uh, play cricket. Uh, this had over 500 million impression, video impressions. So these events are really, um, you know, enormous audience draws, and uh, the distributors and, and content owners are here are really pushing the envelope on what we can do for internet streaming. So I want to jump in a little bit to see why would I watch sports on the internet? 
what is so different about streaming right now that's, uh, that's becoming superior to broadcast TV? Well, first and foremost, uh, we can get larger content libraries. So there's a lot of long tail events at something like the Olympics or the Commonwealth Games. And when you do traditional terrestrial or cable or satellite broadcasts, the, uh, the distributor is limited by the amount of channel bandwidth available. So there's only so many channels you can put into a cable system or, or use terrestrially. So uh, when you do internet streaming, that, that bottleneck is gone. We can put as many channels as we can produce up on the internet, and viewers can select what they want to see. <coughs> Another big thing about internet streaming is uh, today in 2018, picture quality has surpassed that of terrestrial broadcast or, or satellite. Um, broadcast uh, systems, especially in the US, still use MPEG-2 as a codec. All around the world, a lot of them are starting to use AVC. But for internet streaming, uh, we're primarily all AVC, and uh, increasingly, people are using HEVC, which is high-efficiency video codec. And this is giving us the same quality levels at 50% bit savings. So we can really push a, a top quality picture down to the user. The other key thing is the limitations on the bit rate uh, for internet streaming are really what the last mile connection, what the consumer has. So a consumer with a 50 or 100 megabit connection, there's really, uh, <coughs> there's really no limit to what the, uh, how many bits the, the content distributor can give to that picture. So uh, if you go look at a, a well-produced internet stream side-by-side -side with a terrestrial broadcast, you're gonna find, you're, gonna, you're getting much better quality these days on, on the internet. Another key thing is one of the biggest innovations in television recently is called HDR, high dynamic range. This is really an expanded color space and higher contrast for your video. And it really makes it, the content pop. Uh, HDR displays, you have them on your smartphone now, you have them on your TV. Uh, really the main way that we're distributing HDR content right now is, is over the top. Same goes for 4K resolution. Uh, 4K Ultra HD has been a selling point of televisions for, for quite some time now, and uh, you know, they're soon to be primarily, uh, all televisions sold will be 4K over the next couple years. But when you, want, when you get that 4K television and you wanna go get content, you go to an internet streaming app, a smart TV app or, or a Roku box or an Apple TV or a Fire Stick or something. Uh, all these are distributed over the internet. There are a few channels that you can get on cable or satellite, but it's really not, uh, it's not prevalent so far. So other key things about internet streaming that are, uh, that are really important, latency. Latency has always been the problem for streaming video, and it used to be that you know, your neighbors were watching cable and they, you heard them cheering for a goal and you saw it a minute later. <coughs> video origins and content delivery networks have gotten uh, significantly better over the last few years to the point where we can really shrink down that player buffer and get latencies that really meet the, the satellite, cable, terrestrial broadcast. And uh, basically that problem is, is uh, eliminated. Also, when you have an app that you are giving your customers, you can really make a superior experience with, uh, with over the top. So you can have alternate camera angles, uh, alternate audio commentary, you can have a home and away feed, you can have a beginning and experts audio feed. You let your users do time shifting. You know, they can pause, they can rewind if they, they missed a good play. 
This is all done without a DVR box, so you can do it on your phone, your tablet, your TV. Uh, <coughs> we can have ML tools do automated highlight clipping, so you'd have a timeline of the game. You, you can jump back to all the goals. We can put advanced statistics, so you can select a player and, and look at how they're, how they're performing the game. We can even do uh, player tracking, so you can see if your favorite player is out on the field or, or on the bench um, and what they're up to. And there's integrations with uh, real-time chat and, and social media. So all these experiences really are changing the game for, for the end viewer, whether it's the primary screen in the living room or on their mobile device or tablet. So I think we <coughs> uh, understand pretty well why internet streaming is going to be a, a better viewer experience and better for your customers. But if you're the content distributor, <coughs> uh, how do you do this? Uh, Sporting events are a fantastic uh, application for cloud computing. One of the biggest reasons is uh, they're naturally bursty workflows. So even in a regular league, you only have games on certain nights in certain cities, but for events like the Olympics or the Commonwealth Games, you need a lot of infrastructure for a period of two to four weeks. And uh, doing this in the cloud, you would, if you did this on-prem, you'd have to make a pretty significant capital expenditure for equipment that's going to be underutilized uh, the rest of the year. When you do it in the cloud, you're basically gonna pay as you go during the event, and then you spin down the infrastructure, and uh, it's no problem. Another key thing, scaling. Um, <coughs> so we need to scale to millions of users for some of these, these biggest events. And <coughs> everybody's gonna use a content delivery network, and they're incredibly important in scaling here. But also your video origin, needs to scale to meet the number of pops that your CDN is going to have and to meet the different geographies uh, that, you're, that you're trying to serve. Doing this, originating your video in AWS lets us auto-scale, and I'll get into that in a little bit. Um, so instead of having to think about how do I scale my origin, how much network do I need from my facility into the CDN, all you need to think about is how much bandwidth do I need from my facility to send the contribution stream, and AWS is gonna take care of all the rest. And then finally, and probably most importantly, resiliency. Uh, sporting events, uh, there's no do-over, right? You, your viewers are gonna be watching that event and they do not wanna miss a minute. Uh, so we can't be in a place where uh, we're falling over, they're getting black screen, broken up video or anything. And uh, at AWS Elemental, we built our media services with resiliency in mind first. Uh, from the ground up, <coughs> everything needs to be redundant because these are your most, important, uh, your most important assets. People pay a lot of money for content rights for this, and your users want to see the best quality reliably. So I wanna jump in a little bit to, to reliability. So at a super high level, um, your basic architecture for streaming, you're gonna have some on-premises equipment uh, coming out of the, the production truck. Here I've got two AWS Elemental Live encoders. Um, but it could be anything. Key is you want two of them, right? So uh, you're gonna have the ability to fail over if you lose one. So we have two, and we're gonna push two sources into the cloud. Ideally, you're gonna use some network path redundancy, so two ISPs or a direct connect or ISP or two separate direct connects. And then we're pushing two streams into Elemental Media Live, and that does encoding, I'll get into a bit two streams to Elemental Media Package, and AWS Elemental Media Package will handle failover between those streams. So if we lose one of the inputs, uh, or one of the encoders or anything, it'll flip to the, to the secondary stream, 
and we present a single URL out to the content delivery network. So diving in a little bit <coughs> on uh, the resiliency architecture of Media Live. So we can see here we've got two inputs coming in. And a key piece of Elemental Media Live is there are two pipelines, two encoding pipelines, and they run in two different availability zones. Um, what this gives us is we have input redundancy. So uh, you lose one of the inputs, we can flip over to the other one. We have uh, encoder redundancy, so if we lose one of those encoding instances, we can flip over to the other one. And we have availability zone redundancy, so if we have a network partition where a whole AZ is offline, uh, we're still able to access, we're, we're still going to have encoding from the other one. A uh, key thing here is <coughs> between the two availability zones, if you have an embedded timecode in your, in your source stream, we can lock those pipelines together so the segments coming out of both of the pipelines are going to be the same video and they'll be able to, uh, Media Package will be able to interchange them to give a totally seamless failover. So the user won't even notice a glitch in the video if there's a failure anywhere in this chain. <coughs> Jumping into Media Package, so Media Package is a multi-AZ service. So uh, basically this means we have a fleet of ingest servers that sit behind a load balancer and the load balancer can direct, uh, direct the incoming streams to ingest servers that are, that are live. So if we lose a whole AZ, it's just going to redirect to another one. Lose it. Any of those ingest servers are unhealthy. We can just cycle them out. <coughs> um, same with uh, content storage and its segment database. And then same with the, um, uh, with the egress fleet. So basically, media package is going to do repackaging in this egress fleet. Another key thing about media package here is uh, it has a cache fleet that can basically, it will act as a grandfather cache for all of your CDNs. So if you have a multi-CDN strategy or you have an event that's really getting a lot of traction in a lot of different geographies, so you have a ton of uh, CDN pops coming back to the origin, Media Package is going to scale to handle that, uh, handle that load. And, and you don't have to worry about your event going down because you don't have origin capacity. Okay. So... Um, I want to get to uh, what we're really here for is to hear about the workflows that utilize uh, these services. So first up, we've got Andrew Blakey from TV New Zealand, who's going to talk about the uh, Commonwealth Games. Thank you, Greg. Um, morning, everyone. Nice to be here talking. Um, so just want to start off by saying thanks to Mike Ellis and to Greg from uh, AWS Elemental for giving us the opportunity, or giving me the opportunity to speak today, um, and also to our... AWS Account Manager, Scott, and uh, Uti from CloudFront. Um, so basically with the Commonwealth Games, TVNZ was getting back into sport. Um, we hadn't done sport for a quite a long time. Most of the sports rights had gone to uh, the pay TV provider in New Zealand. Um, so TVNZ saw the Commonwealth Games as a really good opportunity to get back into sports and try something different with digital delivery. Um, the Commonwealth Games, you're probably wondering what those are. Um, they're kind of like a a smaller version of the Olympics for, for the Commonwealth, so former British Commonwealth countries. Um, and the 2018 games were held in, uh, in Australia on the Gold Coast. Um, we're looking at about 6,500 athletes there um, from over 70 countries, uh, 17 sports across 10 days. And the sort of anticipated global uh, TV audience was around 1.5 billion people. So it was a pretty big sporting event, certainly the biggest sporting event in Australia since the 2000 uh, Sydney Olympic Games. Um, TVNZ really wanted to present New Zealanders with a, a kind of a fresh new look on sports coverage um, 
and really make sure that you know, we were showing them the moments that mattered for New Zealanders. Um, the idea was to centre this around a Commonwealth Games hub, uh, which would showcase uh, five uh, online HD channels. Um, so we had uh, TVNZ1, 2, Games Extra, Games Online, and then a Mosaic channel, which kind of uh, showed what was happening on those four channels. Um, and then obviously for this, we absolutely needed zero downtime on our TVNZ On Demand platform um, for this, for the show, for the duration of the games. Um, and of course, what we really needed to do was match the marketing hype. So there was a lot of marketing hype uh, in New Zealand about the fact that TVNZ had got the games rights. Um, got some audio. So that was, that was kind of some of the hype that was going on, um, and so we really had to deliver on that. So if we maybe just start off by taking a step back in time. So this was kind of the current state of our streaming architecture circa late 2017. Um, so we were broadcasting three um, linear channels. We were simulcasting those. So our TVNZ1, TVNZ2, and uh, Duke channels, um, we were doing those online in SD only. Um, the renditions were being created on-premise using uh, AWS Elemental hardware. So we had uh, Elemental Live 4-port and 8-port ground encoders and an Elemental conductor. That part kind of worked really well for us, and we were pretty happy with that. Um, but it was after that that the problem started. So um, we were cre creating all of our renditions on-premise and sending those out over the public inter uh, internet to a legacy CDN entry point. Um, this meant that we had a lot of outbound traffic on our internet uh, connection, and it was contending with other traffic that we had coming out of our facility. Um, and this is even before we were attempting HD, so this was just SD. Um, and so this sort of led to serious sort of reliability and, and latency issues that we were facing. Um, and we also had reliability issues with legacy CDN entry point. Um, and we had very little ability to kind of configure the entry point and debug issues and get visibility of when things were going wrong. So we pretty quickly determined that we couldn't rely on this architecture for covering an important event like the Commonwealth Games. Um, and the other problem we had was that we didn't really want to invest in significant new hardware for an event which was only 10 days in duration. So we kind of were like, what do we do? Um, so we've been talking with Mike from AWS Elemental and Uti from uh, CloudFront for a number of months over ways that we could kind of partner together. Um, so we headed over to Sydney um, from Auckland um, in October last year and chatted to them about some exciting new products that AWS Elemental were launching. Um, so this was Media Live and Media Package to be able to process live streams in the cloud. Um, CloudFront obviously providing us with kind of a modern 
scalable, cost-effective distribution method to get our content to viewers. Um, and Direct Connect provide a secure path for us to get from our TVNZ facility in Auckland to the uh, AWS data center in Sydney without having to go through the public internet. So we sort of talked through a plan, build, test approach with them um, and came up with a plan with, in conjunction with the Elemental and the CloudFront teams as to what we would do. So we started out by trialing a single uh, simulcast channel, which was our TVNZ Duke channel, which was a slightly smaller, less used channel. Um, and the initial results were, were pretty excellent. We were really happy with them. So we shifted all of our TVNZ simulcast channels over, including our higher use TVNZ1 and TVNZ2 channels. Um, and when we saw kind of you know, how well those were performing, we were pretty happy that we had a platform that we could use successfully and reliably for the Commonwealth Games. Um, so basically, it, our broadcast team were responsible for getting the signals back from the Gold Coast to the TVNZ facilities in Auckland, um, where a lot of the post-production was taking place. Um, this was involved a, a bunch of reasonably complicated workflows. Um, it's kind of in broadcast land, not my area of expertise, so um, I won't talk about that in too much detail. Um, but what I do want to talk about is a little bit about our, uh, our online streaming architecture. So what we did here was that we kept the elemental um, ground appliances for our ground encoding, um, because as I said before, those were working pretty well for us. We had no real concerns about that. What we did change was that rather than sending those multiple um, adaptive bitrate streams from our Auckland facility across the internet to distribute, we sent um, two high-resolution RTMP streams to AWS Media Live. Um, and then Media Live was then basically doing the work that used to be done on-premise by our on-premise uh, ground encoders to create the, the fleet of renditions that would then be distributed through CloudFront to our end users. Um, so we were sending in a source input format of uh, 1920 by 1080 at 50 frames. Um, we were then using the ground uh, encoders to encode this into a, a 1080p uh, mezzanine format at 12 megabits a second, sending that up to um, Media Live. Media Live was then creating um, uh, up to six renditions for us, um, ranging from you know reasonably small renditions, sort of 270 running at 400 kilobits a second, all the way up to full HD 1080 renditions running at six, six megabits a second. Um, CloudFront was then used in front of, so, sorry, MediaLive was then delivering to Media Package, which was providing the origin services. Um, CloudFront was then in front of Media Package to provide the distribution through the CDN to end users. Um, we then had WAF and uh, AWS WAF and Shield in front of the CloudFront distributions. Um, this provided us with some enhanced security and also some geo-blocking. Um, so we were only allowed to distribute our online streams in New Zealand, uh, and there were pretty strict rules around that and consequences if we failed to follow that. So we used AWS WAF to basically geo-restrict our streams to New Zealand, and that worked really well. Um, and then we also used uh, Lambda um, and, uh, and AWS um, S3 um, with, with API Gateway as well to provide the AM128 encryption uh, with rotating keys. Um, so we needed to do that to meet our content protection requirements. We had to secure the streams with 128-bit uh, rotating key uh, encryption, um, and so we were using that. Um, and then we were also used to, uh, able to, uh, to deliver the logs out of CloudFront into an S3 bucket um, and then use Athena to do some analysis of that. Um, CloudWatch and then a Lambda function delivering through to our Slack channels um, provided us with really nice monitoring, able to alert us if anything went wrong. 
Um, redundancy was obviously a really big part of what we were wanting to achieve with our Commonwealth Games streaming architecture. Um, obviously, you know, a high degree of reliability and resiliency was absolutely key. Uh, as Greg mentioned at the beginning, you don't get do-over. Uh, if, if something goes wrong in your system and it's a key moment, you know, a gold medal moment, something like that in, a, in something like the Games, um, you've missed it. Um, and so we really wanted to make sure that we had a thoroughly redundant path throughout our system. Um, so we did keep the uh, full um, ABR uh, renditions sort of running to our legacy CDN through the public internet as kind of our backup option. Um, but our main options, we ran um, redundant paths um, from the on-ground encoders up to the AWS Direct, through Direct Connect, sorry, um, through sort of uh, physically different links. Um, to the Elemental Media Live, um, which was then able to handle sort of primary and backup mezzanine streams um, and pass those on to primary and backup uh, media package origins. Um, and then we had independent um, CloudFront distributions configured as well to provide primary and backup. So as you can see from looking at the diagram there, there's really end-to-end -end redundancy throughout that whole system um, and some pretty good failover capability there as well so that um, should anything go wrong on one path, we could fail over to another path. Um, as I mentioned earlier, it was the, um, the TVNZ producer Commonwealth Games Hub, which you can see here, which provided, uh, I guess, all New Zealanders with a single destination that they could go to to find out anything they wanted to about the Commonwealth Games, what the schedule was, uh, look at the live streams, watch video clips, get their news. It was kind of a one-stop shop. Um, the mosaic was a key point of difference for us. Uh, so this is something you, you, know, you can't do with the traditional terrestrial broadcast of a sports event. Um, so we were able to provide people with you know, a single place to come in, take a look at uh, all the things that were coming through on the live streaming channels, and then just click on, uh, click on one of those and jump into the channel itself, go back if they want to look at something else. Um, for the event itself, all five uh, channels were, met, were uh, monitored by the AWS uh, infrastructure event monitoring or management or IEM team. Um, so that's an, uh, an AWS service that uh, you can utilize to help you with big sporting events. Um, they flew a uh, streaming expert in from uh, India to come and help us um, on-premise in, in our facilities in Auckland. Uh, this guy had experienced streaming cricket to sort of millions of users in India, and his, uh, his experience and insight provided really valuable um, during the games itself. Um, and the, I, the IEM team monitored kind of key uh, metrics, uh, provided us with daily reports, which indicated how things were running, what observations that they had of that. Um, and this was really, um, you know, it was really provided us with an extra degree of monitoring over and above kind of the monitoring that we were doing with Eubora using our own uh, support team and also the additional, uh, additional to the sort of the other support that we're getting from the other AWS teams. Um, so, I mean, how did it go? What were the results? Well, uh, technically, I can say everything went off without a hitch. Um, according to our video analytics tool, um, CloudFront was delivering everything absolutely uh, flawlessly um, and certainly on par, if not slightly better, than our previous legacy uh, CDN that we were using. So um, we're really happy that people across New Zealand were getting the performance levels uh, that we wanted and we expected them to get. Um, as you can see from the uh, news article up there, Chorus, which is sort of the backbone New Zealand internet provider, um, basically put out an article slightly unexpectedly, which sort of said that we just about broke the New Zealand internet, which was kind of what we wanted to hear. Um, that, uh, you know, we, that they were seeing peak usage levels of around 1.59 terabits per second on the opening night, um, and overall about an extra 500,000 gigabytes of data was being shipped through their network um, on a daily basis compared to sort of normal levels. 
Um, TVNZ put out over 600 hours of coverage. Um, we reached sort of 3 million New Zealanders, which in a country of 4.9 million is not bad. Um, and we delivered uh, 2.3 million live streams in total to uh, with sort of over 49 million minutes of live streaming taking place. Um, and clearly sort of events and, uh, and moments that had New Zealanders in them did really well, both on broadcast and, and online. Um, what lessons did we learn? Um, there were a couple of lessons. One was around the CloudFront configuration. So um, we did have some issues initially uh, where we discovered that um, there were CloudFront was requesting multiple copies of, uh, of segments, um, which was resulting in additional egress out of media package. Um, and this is due to the fact that they're coming from different uh, endpoints. There were slightly different um, headers on the, uh, on the requests that were coming through. So CloudFront was seeing those as different and sort of uh, sending out the same segment over and over. Uh, so we just did a simple change to uh, overwrite the origin header as it came into the CloudFront. Um, and this allowed us to basically uh, kind of collapse those requests uh, and reduce that egress traffic out of the origin, which is one, one good learning. Um, the other thing was a little bit of a challenge was the uh, rotating key uh, 128AS encryption that we had to do. Um, this wasn't provided out of the box by Media Live. Um, it would be a nice feature request. So I'm sure Greg's working on that for us. Um, so we had to put something together ourselves using uh, Gateway and Lambda uh, and then storing the keys in an S3 bucket, which was a little bit more complicated than we would have liked, but it, it ended up working fine uh, for us through the event. Um, where do we want to go next? I guess um, at present um, there's no monetization of our streams because we're, we're an ad-funded ad business, um, and so you know, for our, our broadcast stuff, it's all funded through, uh, through ads. Um, at the moment, there's no uh, separate ads in our, our, live, in our online live streaming. Um, we'd like to do that. Uh, obviously, as it becomes more popular, it's becoming more of a cost, so we would like to see a bit of money coming in. So uh, we're certainly looking at using uh, AWS um, Elemental Media Tailor to do some uh, live ad insertion for us. Um, I guess in summary and conclusion from me, what, what did we really see at TVNZ were the benefits of using the AWS Elemental um, systems for um, our, our, for our Commonwealth Games? Um, I guess the key one, one of the key ones for us was the ease of being able to spin up and tear down channels. As I mentioned earlier, for a 10-day event, um, you don't really want to be buying, shipping and hardware and configuring it. And so being able to just spin something up in the cloud um, versus an on-premise solution was a real benefit for us. Um, the sort of secure delivery of the HD streams by being able to kind of offload that creation of the renditions up into the cloud rather than having to ship it from our facility um, was a huge benefit for us. Um, I don't think we would have been able to do HD streaming if we hadn't kind of offloaded that workload into the cloud. Um, and then also um, that, you know, the, the, the kind of the certainty of using Direct Connect to provide that link up to the AWS data center and a secure way to get that to our origin and then out to customers was a real benefit for us. Um, and then CloudFront, I think, was a, was a huge benefit using that. Uh, it certainly provided us a much better visibility of our delivery process um, and better support at a better price than we've been used to. Thank you. All right, thanks, Andrew. Uh, I think Andrew's really underselling the, the user experience of that multi-viewer that they built. Um, I mean, th think about it. this is a really, uh, you know, when you're flipping channels trying to figure out what's on on your regular TV, uh, you might have a guide, but it's, it's a little hokey. Here you go to the website and you see everything that's on right here and you can just zoom in on what you wanna watch. It's really, really kind of game-changing customer experience. 
so now we're going to hear uh, from Raphael about how France television really is revolutionizing the way people consume the Tour de France. Thank you, Greg, and thank you, Andrew, for sharing this. That was really interesting. Bonjour, Las Vegas. So <laughs> I'm really happy to be here with you today to present what we did this past couple of years with Elemental. We now use Elemental, AWS Elemental, on a daily basis for all our event live stream. So after the Kiwi accents, Mesdames et Messieurs, s'il vous plaît, get ready for the French accent. All right, so firstly, I wanted to give a baseline of France TV. Raise your hand if you heard of France Télévisions. Good. So quite a few of you know about it. So we are the French public television broadcaster and one of the main media group in France. We are quite big. We have different entities. We have the, produc the production, the distribution, advertising, and the digital entity. And I work for the digital entity as a video expert. So for the broadcaster in the room, you probably already know that uh, traditional television is slowly, slowly decreasing. People are not watching television. The young generation is no longer watching traditional television. They are streaming on, on internet. They're watching Netflix or Amazon Prime, for example. So that's why we know that at France Television. That's why we're trying to change, to transform our company, to reduce the gap between broadcast and broadband. And we have created a web platform called France.tv because we want France.tv to be our main flagship, to be more content-driven instead of channel-driven. We want the user to find video content quite easily. We want to make it easy. We are proud to share those metrics with you because they are growing every month. And we'll see, maybe right after this presentation, they might be double, we'll see. So our views are made on our different platform, web, mobile, and IPTV. Mobile trend is a true reality because we see years after years that video consumption is increasing on those devices. Right now, we estimate between 60 to 70% of all our video streaming delivery on mobile devices. Our traditional linear channels include five premium channels, France 2, 3, 4, 5, and France O, nine overseas channels, uh, and up to 30 local and regional channel. We also have a news channel called France Info, which is uh, quite new. And in addition to those uh, traditional channels, we also stream over 6,000 hours of live events annually on our web platforms. That includes music festival. I'm sure that you all know how the French love politics, so we have also dedicated uh, a platform for our political debates, and sports events. And we are now fully cloud-based through AWS Elemental for our live event architecture. So as a public broadcaster, we have the chance to broadcast the major sports events. We broadcast Roland Garros, the French Open in tennis, 
the Olympics, and also the major cycling events. Again, let's be French and proud, the best sports events. <laughs> so, Tour de France is quite a big competition. For those of you who don't know, so it's a cycling competition that lasts for a month in July. And it has 20 different stages over France, with a total distance of 3,000 kilometers, around 1,800 miles for, in imperial metrics. It's a huge production for us. So we employ about 200 people during each stage, and we estimate around 600 people for the whole event between France Television employees and partners. So on television, our peak views are of, are of 6 million views. And here you can see our latest numbers on our web platform. All right. So let me go back in time to understand why we moved to the cloud for our event platform. So until 2015, OTT live channels were seen as, tradi as traditional broadcast channels. So for each event, we installed a dedicated playout center for our event. So it was very heavy, all the broadcast equipment, all the SDI feeds, and, uh, all the SDI to feeds to, to, to wire. So it was really long and heavy. And really, let's be honest, it was just too much for what we needed on the OTT. That was painful and resourceful, but that was legacy. Between 2015 and 2017, we knew that streaming was a true reality at France Television. So that's why we wanted to extend our online offer by providing more and more channels. For example, at Roland Garros, we wanted to, to be able to broadcast up to 20 simultaneous streams. So we needed to be more agile and flexible. We did that by using Elemental Stack, and through API, we were st stopping and starting the transcoder. We're also using occultation boards in case uh, of rain or to display any messages. And back at the time, Elemental was green before getting into orange. At France Television, we knew that this kind of event with a start and a stop was just the best use case for the cloud. So why don't you give it a try? So we've been using Elemental Cloud as a platform as a service, but we felt that the platform was definitely not mature enough and a bit pricey. And also at this time, we also had a step in the cloud because for all our keeping applications for the different extracts, we were on the cloud through our partner. In 2017, when AWS Elemental announced its cloud platform, the project Media Live and Media Package, we were really happy. A channel as a service like we always wanted. Like I just told you, we also had a step in the cloud with our partner, Wild Mocha. And we've been discussing with Wild Mocha because we've been very happy on how they were handling things on the cloud. And we also had a growing demand internally in terms of the number of editors for our clipping application, 
And on the number of simultaneous stream, I was telling you we had 20 streams for Roland Garros, but we wanted to, to extend to up to 30 streams. And we also had a growing demand uh, internally for the output destination. We wanted to be on all the different social networks and to have many partners. And so we had this discussion with our partner, Walmoka, to move this live event platform fully to the cloud. We asked them to get the stream from the stream capture to the distribution on our web platform and to our partners. Let's face it. It was definitely not an easy decision to make because we have lots of internal doubts. People at France Television said, well, it's a bit dangerous to go on the cloud because you know, no one knows what the cloud is doing. And also, just no one has done it before. You, know, you always see your competitors, and no one has done it before us. So it was a bit uh, dangerous for us. But again, our partner, Walmoka, really offered us the best architecture and the best price based on AWS Elemental. And we now have an unlimited numbers of channels, keeping the same SLA, but our budget is not limited, so we still have to stick to a limited number of channels. All right. So some architecture. So this is our, prev our previous workflow for the Tour de France. So let's follow the workflow altogether. So on the left-hand side, you have le peloton, or the cycling pack. We can have up to five motorcycle feeds, and we have a finish line feed. Those feeds go directly to our production truck at France Télévisions. And there, at the center of this workflow, we have the contribution parts. So in our truck, we have elemental transcoder to, to uh, transcode contribution feed. During, for each stage, we have a dedicated internet connection. Remember, I told you, Tour de France, we have 20 different stages on different cities. And so we, needed, we need to have dedicated internet connection. And so we are pushing a contribution feed in 720p. And on the right-hand side of the, of the workflow, right for this right for you, we have our three outputs. Here you can see you have a live output for our web platform. You have a clipping application and an RTMP relay for our partners. So in the live application, we use also elemental appliances to do the multi-bitrate transcoding. We were pushing we had our different rendition. We were pushing RTMP feed directly to the CDN, and then HLS and HDS as an output with our player on our platform, France Television Sport. Another workflow for the clipping application and the on-demand through our partner, WildMocha. And a third application, third workflow, uh, to send live stream for our partners. As you can see, three outputs, three workflow, so it was really complicated for us to operate. And some editors and students told me that it was a bit of a nightmare because they never knew on which output to, uh, to go. And that's where our partner, WildMocha, helped us to design 
this architecture, a much more simple architecture, fully cloud-based. So let's follow the workflow uh, again together. So on the left-hand side, we have the contribution with our live source, which can be either an IP or SDI, which go to our on-prem encoder. This is where we have the contribution. So again, we have a 720p. So we have two encoders, a main and a backup transcoder. We push the content to WildMocha platform. Then, WildMocha provides us a back office, a very simple back office, where we can select our different input feed, and we can just press start or stop the live transcoding. We also have an event scheduler, so we can, in advance, schedule any events we want. And after, we also have our three different outputs. So let's, let's see the different outputs. For, for the live streaming, that's where it's getting interesting. We're using the AWS Elemental workflow with Media Live. So we send, actually, WildMocha send two streams directly to Media Live main and a backup. By nature, like Greg told us, by nature, AWS Elemental is redundant, so by, we don't have to do anything. The system is redundant, and we have our different rendition. So right now we're using five different rendition. Let's go directly to the media package products. Media package is an origin. It serves as a just-in-time packaging origin where we can get HLS and dash outputs. And we're happy because the CDN just pulls the content directly from the origin media package. That's one output. Again, with the same back office that we see, provided by our partner, WildMocha, we can also do our clipping application. Since they already have the contribution feed, they provide an interface for editor where they can easily do some video extraction. And finally, a third output, since WildMocha already has the contribution feed, they can do a pass-through directly to our different partner for all the social network and the different partners that want to receive the Tour de France feed. So for us, France Television, it was, it's much more easier because we can have simultaneous, simultaneous channel made easy. There is no specific technical requirement you just log on the same interface, and you can do whatever you want. And we kept the same service level agreements than we had with on-prem. For WildMocha, really easy to scale easily because through API, you can have, so they build one channel, and after they can build another channel, and they can build up to 30 in channel. Very easy, because everything is API-based. And they have more control of the overall distribution workflow. All right, so by moving to the cloud, we want it to be future-proof. What's the point of going to the cloud if you keep the same features that you had two years ago? For those of you who do live uh, events, you know that live events, it's sometimes can be magical. You always have late uh, production. You can never test. It never works the way you want uh, to, to be. So that's why it's 
important for us to have a really fast channel startup. When you press the start button, we don't want to wait for 15, 20 minutes. We want to get the signal ready. So fast channel startup was mandatory for us. Right now, we're not doing dynamic add-in session, but we wanted to be able, in the future, to handle the SCUTI 35 signal, because we want to put some ad breaks for our live events. Roland Garros is the best example to have some breaks during this event. And also, we wanted to have multiple outputs. We didn't want to be stuck with only HLS or still using the flash version HDS. We wanted to have multiple outputs, HLS and Dash. Because for us, we feel that Dash is made for HTML, uh, HTML5 players and Android, and HLS for iOS devices. And it's not on the slide, but we're also thinking for CMAF, which media package can provide us. And finally, obviously, we want it to be scalable. We want it to be scalable in the number of channels, of renditions, and being 4K compliant. I'm pretty sure for the broadcaster here, you buy an appliance one year, and the next year you've been asked, yeah, can you do 30 channels, and you need to buy another appliances. With AWS Media Live and Media Package, no need to buy other appliances. So, what have we gained moving to the cloud? Like I told you, our partner, WorldMocha, offered us a very simple solution. We have an all-in-one application, so a simple back office for our three different outputs. So much more easier for our editor and operator. It's easy and fast to, have, to handle multiple channels simultaneously. So we've been using for the European game. It was really easy to, to use. We've gained a lot in terms of security. Remember I told you back at the time we were pushing content uh, to the CDN. Now the CDN is pulling the content directly from our origin media package. And we felt much more better. It's always better to feel less CDN dependent. And we can control who has access to our origin. Obviously, it's highly redundant and scalable. So we gain in terms of security for that. And finally, we gain in quality. We have always been happy with elemental quality. They always have provided us the best video quality, and we kept this quality. Because as a public broadcaster, we need to make sure that our video codec is going to play on all our different devices. Compatibility is important, and that's what AWS Media Live provided us. All right, so this is my last slide. So what have we learned? We've learned that long-term relationship is important. Remember what I told you earlier, that we had lots of internal dubs at France Television. But when we say that we're going to work with AWS, Elemental, and WildMocha, people were quite happy. Say, well, all right, let's give it a try. We'll see. And so it has made it easy to accept 
this move to the cloud for uh, internally. Bugs. We all work in IT, so obviously we had bugs. You know, there, it's, we always had, had bugs. But what's important is how to resolve these bugs. And we had post-mortem post with both WildMocha and AWS, and they have always been very transparent. And it's very important to do post-mortem to make sure that in the future, you're not going to have those bugs again. Because again, we all work in IT, and bugs would happen at one point. And yes, it's possible to be fully cloud-based and to keep the same quality and the same level of uh, SLAs that you can get with on-prem. We stream over 3,000 hours of live events since May, and we're really happy to keep testing the new feature of AWS Media Package and Elemental. I would like to thank our partner, AWS Elemental and WildMocha, and our team at France Television to have made this transi transition to the cloud possible. Merci beaucoup. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, so I had the great experience of working with both Raphael and, and the Wild Mocha team, as well as Andrew and the Television New Zealand team on, on both of these events. And, um, you know, these are, these are uh, certainly uh, high-stress events for the, for the people that are putting them on. And um, I think we had an excellent uh, channel of communication between, you know, my team and, and the Elemental team and uh, their technical teams. And, and I think uh, both of these events went off really well for, for the providers. So thank you guys so much for coming and, and sharing your stories here at reInvent. Um, uh, I wanted to just highlight a few related sessions that are coming up during the rest of the show. If you're interested in learning more about, uh, about streaming technology and diving a little deeper, um, <clears throat> a couple sessions uh, this evening um, where we're going to talk, uh, Pac-12 is going to give a, a deep dive into how they do their streaming architecture on AWS. <clears throat> um, there's a talk uh, tonight about better than broadcast latency, so, so what are some of the, uh, the continued innovations where we're going to start to see OTT beat, uh, beat broadcast in the latency aspect. And then um, uh, tomorrow, a breakout session, a workshop on moving your live broadcasting into AWS. Um, and then on Thursday, there's another session about monitoring with the AWS Elemental Media Services, where you'll be, we'll be able to do a hands-on workshop there. So um, we're going to stick around here for a few minutes up front. If anybody has any questions, you can come on up and talk to us. Uh, otherwise, thank you all for coming, and please enjoy the rest of your reInvent.